Aloha, Riveteds. So, a couple of weeks back, we had Monsiguron with Ben. Actually, Dan was with us for that one too. Due to some file issues, he was lost. But for this episode, uh, me and Dan made a little pact with old Lucifer to bring some of his comments back from the grave. Here we go. Seven deadly sins, seven ways to win. Seven holy paths to hell and your tripping. I like the heavy metal. Seven downward slopes, seven bloodied hopes. But I would like seven to hear a heavy metal with synthesizer. Ah, oh, no, you can't play heavy metal with one of them, mate. A to Z, innit? Well, alright, so, hello and welcome to Maiden A to Z, my name is Eric, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan. Yeah. And with us, just like last week, Mr. Ben Webster. Hello folks, how's it going? Very, very good, very good. Good to be here, still. Full transparency, same session as last time, we just had to redo an intro for convenience, and maybe we're getting to what we want to get to today. I think this is this is one of the ones that have been most requested uh, in general, I mean, there, there's, there's, I've got a lot of requests for this one. I've got some interesting stuff on it too. Uh, I'll try and pace myself slowly here so I don't rush ahead of, of myself or any of you. Indeed. But uh, we're back at my favorite Maiden record, Seventh Son. I tend to get a little, a little more wild when that record is on the topic, but I'll try and contain myself today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool song. Very cool song. <laughs> Fucking Moonchild. Yes. Yeah. As you, as you just said very rapidly there, yes, what we were talking about <laughs> yeah. is this week is a moonshot. Yeah. So how do you want to kick this off? In a, how, how should we attack this? Seven deadly sins. There you go. Seven, Seven ways, to, ways win. to win. Path to hell. Again. It's very soon we're going to do Only the Good Die Young. Uh, so, you know, now is the time to talk about the little intro slash outro for the entire album. Mm. Those little chords. And that little vocal melody, apparently, maybe a leftover from 86 uh, when, when Bruce did his acoustic stuff and that mm. got rejected for uh, somewhere in time. I think that, if, I mean, I, I, would, I would say we can speculate that. And if you want, I would listen to uh, the, the Mick Wall episode that uh, Fer, Fergal did. Because uh, I, I, I think that sounds more like a maybe more plausible explanation to what happened there. Well, the, I think the idea was that essentially... Uh, during the sort of a lead up to recording that album, Bruce had recorded these uh, these demos, and he was very excited about them. So he'd play them for tons of people and sort of state, "This is going on. This is going to be on the new Iron Maiden album." So Steve heard that he was doing this, and that's why he sort of said, "You know, that's why all those oh. ideas were essentially uh, rejected." And Mick Wall's theory was that Steve probably has not even heard those songs, so he didn't. There's there's nothing to do with their quality not being uh, up to snuff. It was more so the fact that he was going around. Okay. But that that doesn't exclude him being able to bring it back for the next session, though. Nah, but he's especially it's especially if Steve never heard him. A point like, don't show it. Don't, you know, this is not for other people's ears, and don't. Yeah, yeah. But perhaps the easiest way to, if you're going to shoot down these ideas, 
it doesn't. I don't know if you. I don't know. I don't know if you've. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they were ever had a very sort of. Uh, they, they didn't talk about shit really that way. I think so. Essentially, I think it probably could have been. That could have been the reason. But I'm sure he was told the reason was they weren't up to snuff, and because then he could have yep, Martin yeah. Birch do it instead. But uh, I, it still doesn't disinclude my theory either, especially if Steve didn't hear it. No, but but then again, he, maybe he could just bring it again. Like, well, it does if the fact, if you don't if you assume that that he was told that that they had heard it and he didn't like it. So if that's the case, he wouldn't be aware in the time that he hadn't heard them. This particular sort of version of the story is something at least I had not heard of until this particular revelation in this in this in this uh, in this podcast. So if that's the case for him as well. He probably wouldn't know. So there's there'd be no reason to bring it back if they were if he still believes they were shot down because they weren't good enough. Um, well, maybe he could just think like this is a different year. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'll All try. Right. I'll give it another shot. You know, uh, I don't think Bruce, you know, goes down easily. I think he no. could just come back in again and think maybe it's better timing this time. That's more what I've guessed, but I guess no one has the answers really. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't even know or remember. Well, yeah, so. my, cause I, my, my my thinking that if this is not something uh, you know that he was well, it doesn't. Yeah, that, that I mean, he, he, I think he did. He definitely did use some of them later. I think he, some of them are in his one of them, one or two is on his um, tattooed millionaire. Yeah, I think so, but um. Right. No, no, Fatima no, no, mentioned no, uh, that way back. Fatima mentioned that something, some stuff ended up on Tattooed Millionaire. Maybe that's good. Back in the Court Summer in Time episode. Yeah. There you go. All right. So that's enough about that then. You Indeed. Know. <laughs> just, just, well, with, what what are the chords? Is it is it is it sounds like it's because it just sounds like So but it's just like standard issue Iron Maiden chords. Steve Harris could have written that. You know, it's a oh, even, yeah. if, even if you think about that, even here he does those oh, those those fifths on the bass, the fifths where he goes ring, 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 ring. Mm. Like it just sounds like that. You know, like it's just playing it on guitar, not his bass. That's but, a good point. Steve Harris could have written that. Yeah. Um, so it's not I like, love, it's I not love like, that when they. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, no. It's, it's not like it's some interesting acoustic sort of thing where you go, man. It's like just sort of standard yeah. chords. You know, with maybe normal. Some, Major, minor. Yeah, you're not looking at like, oh my god, how does he do that? You know, it's pretty. <laughs> it's not the start. It's not the start of. But, but like, I, I love that when they when they in recent years have played this song, they bring out the acoustic guitar just for this little bit. Mm, nice. I love Same it. with the uh, writing on the yep. wall now. Yep. Do you, am I am I incorrect or off? I still I think when I heard listened to it again today, I thought when he sings that intro, I thought, man, this is Spinal Tap. Uh, you can see the you can see bit, yeah. you can see the little you know the dwarves you know a little dancing bit, yeah, around. But it, I mean, it also like it's that D and D mode, you know. It's kind of it's, <laughs> it fits. It fits. It's a fantasy album, you know. Millions of years ago, before the dawn of history, there lived an ancient race of people, the Druids. <laughs> no one knows who they were, what they were or doing, what they were doing. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that what they were doing. <laughs> oh man, it makes me laugh every time. Seven deadly sins. It's just like I looked at it now, and you're completely right. It's not even a seven in there. It's just uh, straight up uh, minor and major chords. But it still sounds kind of intriguing. Mm. And I guess to me, uh, uh, it's also supposed to be simple. You know, mm-hmm. like a storybook. You open the book, the storybook. Mm. But it's more. Ju- it's more just the point that if it was from that previous round of songs that Bruce had submitted that it's not like it's anything super 
you know, That's true. yeah, yeah, like the melody creative or anything like that. It's like it's just this sort yeah. of basic. In, it's a basic sort of intro, you know. So. Mm. Now he wrote Revelations. He wrote Revelations. Power Slave. Yeah, yeah, but I would say, uh, from what I've seen, he's not a good guitar player, but I think he can definitely be a pretty good songwriter with a guitar. Mm. You know, because when he played like Ark of Space, a very beautiful song from uh, Accident of Birth, mm. he played that in Japan. Uh, he he had the good taste of stop strumming strumming at the end when he realized shit, I'm way off beat. So he just stops strumming and then does what mm. he's good at, you know, singing. <laughs> でした。ブルースティックさんロイジー。さあ、プレゼントのちょっと見てください。いつものようにね、え、このポラト再式式のセットを
Uh, Bruce is a pretty poor guitarist, but you know he's a singer. Yep. So the guitar is just a side tool. There's also there's also clips from like uh, when they did uh, when they played Revelations back when he used to when he used to pick up a guitar for that little bit in the beginning. And there's 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 he he looks terrified for some of those bits. <laughs> he's and he's just playing A minor pretty much the whole time. Yeah, it's not hard stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that uh, you know the million song million song stuff. Yeah, but he he's just doing the he's just doing the arpeggiated chords in it. I think when he plays it, it's just the A minor over the everything else is shifting around it, which is awesome. But it's all yeah, aw- uh, yeah. on that Unreal Dean guitar, the Dean Cadillac, I think it is. Oh yeah, the Cadillac. That's that's an interesting guitar, like a Les Paul with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely Les Paul with a boner. It's the best description. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, uh, uh, Les Paul meets an explorer. Those guitars got small humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. One like my new favorite bass player. Well, not favorite, but he's a great uh, yeah, uh, James Lomenzo. Oh, yeah. he's tiny too. He's so oh, small. Yeah. yeah. Like in every backstage video, he's playing this this mini bass, which looks like a normal size bass. And when he's got like a P bass or jazz bass, it's like taller than him. White lion. Yeah. And then he's been with like all the all the high end rock stars, really. Basically, like uh, he was with in the studio with Ozzy, but that was cancelled, or you know, he didn't get the the final position. It's too small. And Zach Wild, Pride and Glory, John Fogerty, he played with as well. So, and now Megadeth. So entering the song, but just initially when I remember when I first hear, heard it, uh, back when I don't know when how, how I probably was about this would have been around ninety nine two thousand something around there. I think I initially did get sort of scared off by the intro because I felt it sounded a bit goofy. Me too. Same. And then, same. Uh, and then, yeah, it took me a while to circle back to it. The synth stuff was goofy. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, talking about the, the acoustic at the beginning. Okay, yeah, for me uh, both when I was a kid, you know. But yeah, yeah do continue. And then uh, you know, then I, I don't know when I switched over to like when I just absolutely love it. But it, it uh, yeah, it took a little while to get into. Uh, and then I, especially when you have like you know, Infinite Dreams right after, it's you know. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. So, I totally agree with all that. I remember I remember buying this album and um, putting it on, and and like I had I can I could distinctly remember putting the headphones on because it was like. 5.30 at night was like dinner time and the stereo that had the record player was down in the lounge room and I wanted to listen to it. And it was like, headphones on. Same as Power Slave, same, same hi-fi. Yep. And Power Slave was also around the release, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, so, so Seven Sun would be, have been your third album to hit up right at the release. Yes, yep. Got somewhere yeah. in time, the day it came out. Got this, the day mm. it came out. L- love After Death. But um, anyway, the... But just hearing that intro, just just what Eric, um, Eric was saying, like a bit goofy and just thinking, oh man, what's going on here? Like, oh, and then it kicks off and then it's, 
it's good, but then Infinite Dreams, uh, it's just like, oh, this is awesome, you know, like yeah. So it was a, it was almost like a, it was almost like a, a bit of a, an anti climax to start with, and then then it kicked off, you know. So uh, Moonshine mm. is a lot of intro as well, though. So like the build up, uh, I guess the verse kicks in like uh, maybe a minute thirty in or something, perhaps. Yeah, quick on my first listens to this album. I didn't like the album when I heard it the first times. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned that in Infinite Dreams too. So I'm not gonna get long winded on it, but it was, it, it wasn't my taste really. Like it didn't fit my taste when I heard it. Uh, both the intros, both this uh, strumming and then also do which I now think is is kind of awesome, but it's like AOR metal in a way, you know. Mm, yeah. It's like. Uh, I don't know, Separate Ways Journey or something comes to mind perhaps a little bit. Uh, that's a great track though. Separate Ways is a great track. So. Unreal, man. Come on. Yeah. I like the heavy metal, but I would <laughs> like to hear a heavy metal with synthesizer. With synthesizer? <laughs> yeah, that came back to bite them on the arse a year or <laughs> yeah. two later, didn't it? <laughs> Ah, no, you can't play every metal with one of them, mate. Well, to his defense, though, it'd be hard to make heavy metal with only synthesizer. That is true. Especially in the mid-80s. That'd be hard. Eric, for you, this uh, this song in general, uh, you said that it it kind of was a climber too. Maybe that's for all of us then. Like, it didn't immediately hit. I think I would say it's one of my favorite openers today top five and that now definitely is now definitely is and i i mean i just um i'll probably call it my favorite opening track yeah it it uh i almost nowadays almost except for preparing for this i will it very rarely happens that i listen to that song and do not end up listening to the whole album uh, in, in, a, in one go because it's just, just inviting yeah you just want to do it it's there and it's amazing i think that it's maybe it's too bad that they uh bust this one out more than they maybe do infinite dreams. I think that is a better song. Uh, but I think that this, it wouldn't, they wouldn't, infinite dreams would not work as an intro to an album. I don't think so. Whereas this is a very good intro. True. Infinite dreams would be a, like kind of a madman intro, like Indeed. a crazy intro, but maybe it could work too. It'd be cool as well. Um, we talked about Bruce before his vocals, you know, how good they sounded in that, uh, pretty much live take from the studio but i guess you know a mix of several live takes and uh, i couldn't find much iso for this there was one that some noob made you know terrible filtering from yeah. the and i don't want i'm not gonna play that shit on made need to see it sounds like it sounds horrible it's not a proper iso track but i found one from the uh, made in england version uh, where they isolated the vocals because that's probably from a 5.1 mix then uh, and it, it'd be interesting to hear and, and compare to because uh, 88 made in England live that's maybe not Bruce's finest moment no. as a vocalist uh, kind of wear and tear on his voice right there uh, more than in 2003 I would say uh, which makes it an interesting listen so let, let's give that a shot I am he the born the fallen angel watching you Save the young ones. Be the mother of a first strangled babe. 
Be the devil's own Lucifer's name those are quite vocal intense. Yeah. Take my hand tonight. The twist they are exhausted. Seven is this night. Gemini is rising. And the red lips is to bite. Seven angels, seven demons, battle for his soul. What Gabriel lies to lies. Lies, lies. So, stopping it. I love when he sings lies. Uh, maybe not the lies and lies and lies, but he's always good <laughs> with that. Lies. You know, it's a good I, word for me. I haven't me. heard that in so long. I've missed it. Well, there's many many lies, you know. No, I haven't heard the too. lies and lies and lies and lies. Yeah, that, that wasn't what was on my mind, but, you know, yeah. sometime you would hear it again, I guess. I, I hope so. I uh, hope so. Yeah, uh, I want to hear Ben on this, you know, uh, this vocal track. Mm. How, how fucking robust that dude's voice is. Like, there's so much power and intensity in it. I mean, I said that before, but, like, that's him singing live in front of, I don't know how many people are in that arena, running around like a fucking idiot like just yeah go, absolutely going it. for it and he's, no in-ears no in- no in-ears he, he's just slamming like this i just his voice is so it's i don't know if i could describe it but it's like it's really forward like he's he's attacking every note and and his tone is really like a driving tone and it's it's like man that's amazing like and and we, you, you can say oh geez he's a bit off on that gig and then you hear that you go guy's fucking unbelievable man like he's pretty yeah. great when he's off he's not he's not standing there with his hand on his diaphragm and one on his ear or you know oh, no, no. probably he, not not hearing himself properly all the time nah, because he moves and the monitors stay right just amazing like i defy anyone to do what he does like it just there's the reason why he's there is because he's fucking awesome like and in it and i mean and even back to the the previous episodes just like Dude, what a voice! Like, and so much power. Like, I can't. I, it makes me happy just hearing stuff like that. It's just like that's just the excellence thing again. It's just amazing. I'm and it stoked, makes me like, happy because I know yeah. I thought you would maybe be more critical towards it because no, I think you, you really kind of it, it came across to you in the way it was. I guess you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's I and being I mean being a gigging musician, and I'm not a I'm not a singer's fucking boot heel right but like you, you you just to you realize once you start playing live and to and then it's like there's playing live in a band in a pub or on a slot a bigger stage and then there's playing in front of fifteen thousand people or whatever and doing that it's like fuck man like fucking awesome you know you're the best of the best you know so what do you think dan well, you couldn't accuse him of phoning it in, could you? No, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you put, you put the head on the nail there. I can't add anything to that. That's the thing. He's not phoning it in. So it doesn't matter if it's one note here and there that is off because the commitment is no. clearly full throttle. Yeah. Yes. Commitment. That's exactly it. And, and, and in, that mo- in this kind of, I mean, the modern era. But like, <laughs> 88? You know, when... When when there's a lot of stuff on, when there's a lot of bands using things on track, oh, yeah. 
a lot of the time the lead vocal's not even live, you know, or whatever. Or, or a hybrid, you know, they can punch in those tough notes. Or someone else is singing that, you know, they've got another vocalist singing them. Yeah, that was common in the 80s. I think Ozzy had some doubles. This, yeah. yeah, but it's like unbelievable. Just, and yeah, not phoning it in. I think we could take the opportunity to talk lyrics here. Yeah. If we missed if we missed them, that would be bad because this is one of my favorite deliveries. At least I haven't really looked into the lyrics as a poem, but just just to start with, I am he, the boneless one. I love that. Maybe something I could like chime into what Eric said. If I hear him deliver that, I will listen to the rest of the record. Isn't the line formless one? Uh, I thought it was boneless. I am actually. he, like, boneless. Is it boneless? I thought it was actually bone. I thought it was formless. I am he, the So formless. we have formless, we have boneless, and bornless. I think it's bone. If you look, at, it says bornless. Uh, if you look at the yeah, looking in the booklet, bornless. Bornless. There you, there you go. Okay, cool. I never heard that combined before. Bornless. I think that's what I heard when I was a kid, but then I figured that's not a. That's probably like my swinglish. Mm. Bornless doesn't exist. I don't know that it's something you hear very often. Besides, right. Bornless. Bornless. Like not uh, unborn. But born less. Yeah, he's eternal. The title itself, I think, is supposed to, supposedly comes from an Alistair Crowley um, uh, uh, book. It's very occult, right? Yeah. So there's probably some stuff in there that I, I, I've not read it, so I don't know. But I imagine there's sort of bits and pieces from that, perhaps. He likes to include that, right? Chemical oh, yeah. He, he's definitely, uh, yeah. He Even the movie, he made a movie about that, right? I think not great. Kind of cute. It was cute. Been, would have been good if they were allowed to, if they'd been given the money to do their original idea. And but instead, they had this. This is what you get when you have a studio who's trying to cut corners. So they had, they had to they had to change the idea to, just to make it. They will so they can afford oh. making the damn thing. But I like the first Star Wars film, the Episode Four, and that's very low budget. Yeah, but they had more. I assure you, they had more money than Bruce had making Chemical. Air. Probably, yeah. Probably, yeah. Lyrics here, of course, you get that occult Satan vibe, right? So oh, yeah. the Moonchild could both be the protagonist, but it could also just be Bruce having written this cool Satan song, and then just you know that works, yeah, and it does work. Uh, cool lyrics. I like that um, storytelling bit with uh, uh, the twins. They are exhausted. Seven is the night. Gemini is rising as the red lips kiss to bite. You know, it's very romantic kind of. Uh, broad strokes uh, storytelling seven angels seven demons battle for his soul where Gabriel lies sleeping the child was born to die who's Gabriel he's an angel archangel right could be the angel one of the angels the archangel I mean I don't know which one what's, let's oh. see um, they all they all have sort of different uh, um, uh, purposes they're supposed to do different things I, I, if I recall uh, and he lies sleeping at this time yeah, so he's not doing he's not doing a good job. He's slacking. Um, not, not on, he's not on his watch. You know. You know what? Here's what we're going to do, because um, <laughs> uh, I found so much different stuff on this. Uh, I uh, let let's move on. <laughs> Maybe you could record that on your own later. I splice it in. Sure. I, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I just, uh, like storytelling storybook time with Eric. Just yeah. you recording. Well, okay. You do hold, 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 hold on. Uh, or just do it now. I'm just trying to find it. I'm trying to find something that won't get us in trouble. Um, <laughs> Um, is it that bad? I'm I'm reading about it now. Yeah, I mean, it was a thing about. I mean, I just I, I don't you know I, I I know I won't get in trouble. I just I just it was about the. Uh, um, it, no, he's basically a messenger. 
actually like now you kind of planted it he, yeah he, he's, a, he's a messenger it's just just that i think that uh i uh when you brought up trouble it became four times more interesting you know yeah i mean i, I don't necessarily know that i wanted to because it said so it was a hell of a lot there's a lot of stuff about him being the that he's supposed to <laughs> he's supposed to, he's a guardian of israel he's supposed to protect israel against other nations and i figured like that's kind of what i didn't want to fucking get into. I'll, I'll read this this is pretty safe the angel Gabriel is the herald of visions, messenger of God and one of the angels of higher rank. He makes God's message understandable to people and helps them accept it with a pure heart. There you go. That, that's better than that. Yeah, he just delivers the message and, and makes it intelligible for us us heathens. Uh, I think I wandered on to a, a slightly iffy website, so I think I now I'm going to get very weird targeted ads and stuff for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that was a good, uh, that was a good uh, summary by Ben. And yeah. I have to add also, like, the, of course, Israel is a country besides the conflict. It's also a no, country. I know, I know. Just, a, just know, a, it's, it's not it's, only Israel-Palestine. That's not the whole concept of Israel, No, no, right? no d- definitely not. Just that when you had, like, like I think it was like about a year ago to this day, <laughs> the band I was working on exploded quite uh, due to uh, this kind of stuff. And yeah, so yeah, I, it I'm, did, very, did. I'm very weary of bringing this up again because it's... Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I don't know what trouble... That. I mean, we. I mean, probably with us sort of joking that... You, I mean, it's an ancient country. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, I, I, just, I just try to figure... Ah, I'm not going to mention just... <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I mean, we made a bit gun shy in the last it's, year about It's like, uh, you know, we, we, we can talk about Macedonia, ancient Macedonia with yeah. Alexander. We can talk about uh, Gabriel without, you know, being current... Oh, that's very true. That's very true. I, I just and also I, I realized that I made it a thousand times worse by doing it this way. But <laughs> and also a bit interesting, though. So yeah, that's uh, fun. That's fun. Uh, like take uh, take the lead on like just finishing up the vocals, uh, more so go into the right, well, I guess the, the the poetry of it or, or the rhythm, uh, the flow of the lyrics. You know what I really like about uh, especially the verses. Like there's sort of like rhythm wise, other words, it's, it's a very sort of sinister kind of quality to them, which I very much like. Yep. Just the way they flow. Um, which is really cool, especially when you're, you know, when, when I did eventually get into the song and I, you know, stopped being weird about it, like, like, oh, this is really badass because, you know, uh, it, it does have a sort of evil kind of, you know. Yeah. It's where we talked about in several recent episodes, the minor sixth, right? Yeah. The fifth there, the power, normal power chord, but then. I love that. That's like. Yeah. Uh, I maintain that that's the most metal interval there is, is the yeah. minor sixth. It's not the tritonus. I mean, of course, that's metal, but I think this is more metal because it's more, you know, a bit more song-oriented. Uh, uh, like the, this one is more of a gimmick to me. It's a very cool gimmick, but uh, the, the sixth remains the metal, the metal interval to me, and you know, like yeah. And then that chromatic run by Steve. <laughs> I like that too, yeah. and then he kind of shapes that into the pre-chorus by just picking uh, open E and B, you know. Very effective, very yeah. simple but effective, you know. So it's kind of all staying on E yeah. with that with heavy coloring from especially that sixth. Yeah. So it fits the vocals great too, you know. Then I am he, na na na. It has the same mm. kind of um, yeah. ac- accents, um, and that's like the song. It's, it kind of re- evolves, revolves around that. And I, I want to run it by you guys, but I've always been a fan of a song that is kind of 
centered around a cool idea or chord. Mm. And uh, yep, yep. you don't really need more than that to me as far as an idea goes. And then there's all the little embellishments and uh, yeah. arrangements and uh, whatever everyone's playing. But uh, Moonchild, I guess that's why it's been such a grower for me because it's very rooted in itself you know it doesn't really like compare to the other song we did uh, last week for the listeners Montsegur that kind of left you know changed concepts and switch styles switch mask if you will yeah. whereas this song is just pure yeah uh, hey, they've leaned on that pure it's, heavy it's, metal it's, heavy metal it's all yeah. based around that that shift like the, just the instead of just making that one riff in the song and then going somewhere else they lean on it for the whole song and it creates that the, yeah. the color of the song and then yeah. of course you get the other very metal interval too the the uh, lower fifth or the tritonus you know with the i that, love that you know, the the smith bit that also is in back in the village kind of and uh, that's just pure smith uh, the song is written by him harris and dickinson right let me check here the, the that kind of it's always interesting with 80 songs with those three guys at the helm they tend to be great, in my opinion. You know, mm. like uh, "Die with Your Boots On." Oh man, what a song! I've heard many people say, say otherwise, but I think it's one of the best songs. I, I agree, totally, totally agree. Unbelievable song that is. Well, yeah. That's gonna be in the top fifty, I can tell you. If you're gonna die, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works too. It always worked for me. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, always so, think about Mon- Monty Python when I hear that. But uh, yeah, Eric. So, so this was this was uh, just uh, I mean, it's, yeah, Adrian and Bruce. No Harris. Oh, no Harris. No. So, oh, classic Smith Dickinson then. Uh-huh. And then Harris did not write the intro then. He did not. It's a Smith Dickinson, and it sounds like one. You know, you can hear Adrian all over it. There's so there's so much there's so much there's such a it's, it's like uh, I was listening uh, um, yesterday morning. I had uh, somewhere in time sort of on repeat, but there's something there's something magical just about that that this this era. That's sort of like it's it's like it's very. I'll never get enough of that. I just I just I'll just you know you, you want to put it right on after you're done listening to it. Right back on. Yeah, it's and it's a full. I mean both. I mean those both those albums are just full listens. Like you just put them on. It's like you say you don't turn you don't turn it off after the first song. You just and if you do, you feel like you've failed <laughs> like you've done something wrong yeah. it's just like That's let it go say it, yeah. yeah yeah as we're just digging through the music of the song the chorus is a bit interesting too how it's just you know like which is kind of based on the intro bit you know what's that chord he hits Ring! that last oh, i didn't work it out i should have there it is. Every other time they end on F sharp instead of an E. So like uh, you have the E, B, D, A. That's for both the runs of the intro. And then you have the B, G, A, E. But the next time it's, the next time it's B, G, A, F sharp. Yeah. And it's probably that's where it's yeah, rang. That, that chord's Because that's a colorful, very Adrian to do that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, suspenseful. That, yeah, it's awesome. They hit all it's the notes cool in the chord. It's awesome. And then how the chorus is basically the intro, you know, with that little blues oh, yeah. on. Uh, super simple overall. Great fun to play. Easy to learn. Mm. Uh, yeah, so it's a great opener. It's probably my favorite opener. It's definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite opener. I reckon Moonchild is definitely up there. If not, Where Eagles there. <sighs> 
That's a good one. Of course, there's Aces High. Uh, like if you discount Aces High just being maybe over listened by most of us or overplayed live. Caught somewhere mostly. in time's awesome too, though. Oh, caught somewhere in time. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's I, tough. It's I tough. really hope that's where we're getting next year. Yeah. I don't know if Nico could keep up, but. Well, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, there's. In the studio, he could, but you're, if we're talking live, maybe it's harder, yeah. Don't they have stuff that technically goes faster um, that they're playing? They did the last run on. I mean, not technically faster, but at least sort of. But he said himself anyway that the problem is how for how long is it fast? That's his problem, and that really goes for Cold Summer in Time. That is pretty much fast all the way through. But I, I hope they'll play it, and I'm I'm okay if it's slower. You know, it's an amazing song. Yeah, as long as Smith plays his solo. Yeah, that's uh, one. Of, that's one of his best solos. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Dave's in that one. I'm gonna have to half-ass a bit too for a while before I made it. Anyway, uh, back to Seventh Son. Yeah. Moonchild. Uh, what can you say about Moonchild that has not been said before? I love that the version of lyrics that I uh, found for this particular, just I'm looking at now, they even can, uh, uh, they have the outro, which is the, the, the sort of very sort of maniacal, sinister laugh. So it's like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello, be the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, be the name. Yeah, it was just funny. They wrote, they wrote, that they wrote it out. It's like, it's like when you see like uh, subtitles. Yeah, uh, a, a friend. Um, heavy metal music playing. What? No, I'm just oh. saying heavy metal music playing within brackets. You know. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, like many years ago, a friend was working at a wedding, and someone um, uh, decided during the ceremony was going to read. Just write up and you know, just just flat up read the lyrics to the Billy Joel song "Just the Way You Are," uh, and like did like almost like 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 God like like most of the fucking song. And even in the for some reason they did give this up very quickly because which is very good for my friend because he he was having very difficult containing his laughter. There's a bit in the chorus where there's 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 like an ooh like an ooh, and the guy initially tried to read that. <laughs> until he disappointed until I realized it was ridiculous and didn't want to do it Kevin Sorbo there we go he's, he's sort of he's he's popped into this pod a few times yeah, I'm obsessed with that clip that Hercules clip I don't know why it's so incredibly nice to me but it's not as good as Moonchild anyway they feel very different purposes in my, in my life I think maybe in the instrumental bit there are some modulations and stuff happening that we should maybe address They shot, right? It's still doing the same thing. 
It's just they play. It's actually playing the chord. So it's the same. He's just playing the instead of playing it in that like the six on the E. It's he's doing the. It sounds like he's doing the third the the tritone on the third. Mm. So the color's still there. It's just they invert it. They put the B on the bottom. Oh, okay. And the T and the E ah, is the tension okay. note. Yeah, I gotcha, See? Gotcha. It's like reversed. That's really clever. Yeah, that's very really clever because then you get kind of Lydian and also, of course, the tritonus. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's really cool. Well composed. Mm. Solos are still to do. This bit here. That's so cool. Heavy emphasis on the tritonus again. Here's David. Tapping on the fretboard. I know I know this one. It's a pretty easy solo. One of his easier. But great. Very thematic. And then just losing himself in the flurry at the end. By far the toughest thing about trying to do it, Adrian, uh, no, Dave, is when he loses himself in the flurry of, of uh, hammer-ons, it's really hard to get his touch there. Like, yeah. uh, it's not very theoretical, let's say, you know, in terms of rhythm. It's just kind of free expression. Yeah. Him and Tony Aomi should record an album and call it Triller. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love Tony solos. Like they're not very toneful, but they are so cool. I think. Yeah, he's awesome. What do you reckon, uh, Dan, about the guitars in this song? Oh yeah, like totally awesome, man. <laughs> really fucking awesome. Yeah, love the guitar playing. The first solo by Adrian feels very uh, frenetic in a way, uh, kind of chaotic, and there's a good little um, sinister rhythm undertone going beneath it. And then the, the second one from Dave, it feels a lot more um, fluid. I don't know how to describe it really, but I think they I think they reflect well off each other and um, they both bring their own uh, style. And yeah, love it. Dave has a cool solo in that one. I think it, that's also modulation to A minor. And I think the rhythm guitar is just playing all A's, like... And then it's something like, uh, I don't remember, it's been a little while since I played it, but it's up here, like, with the pick, I think, like, something like that, you know. It's cool stuff. This is an example, like, it's very clear, especially in this era, how those two guys just complement each other so well. Like, when they trade off each other, it's just, it's amazing. It's the best, man, it's the best. It's the best. There's, it, doesn't, there's not, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, we said, I think we said, like, a week or two ago, the best is when Dave goes first and then Adrian, which generally is the best, but it's cool that it's flipped. Now and then, like, Adrian comes in first, and then Dave almost has to be more thematic after that, not to, like, kind of mm. let the song down, you know? Yeah. But, but still, I, I in this it, case, in this song, uh, I'm sending it to you, Ben, but something that you said before that also rings true in this song is that Dave often solos on top of just a drone. Yeah. Instead of the uh, the colorful chords. Yeah, well, oh, he gets that. He'll get he the odd that. riff. He gets the riff that's hard to solo over, like... 
and and caught somewhere in time is a classic example of that. Yep. Where he'll get that that odd riff, and then he just has to kind of wail over it with his the way he plays. And then Adrian will get the really what I, we we used to call them glory chords, like yeah. where it's the real thematic chord progression, mm-hmm. and then he can just go. You know, make yeah, like, cash uh, in on it. You know, when you play like an ostinato, uh, a repeating lick, uh, then yeah. you kind of need the hero chords underneath to make that ostinato the hero chords, sound good. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you only have one chord underneath, the ostinato will be very stiff. Uh, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> Justin Hawkins, he always talks about ostinatos. He's uh, like uh, obsessed with yes, them. Yes. Justin Hawkins rides again. Again. And again. <laughs> I got that from Dan with Made in A to C again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dan awesome. turned me on to his YouTube channel. He's great. He's one of the best. I'm going to see him on Tuesday. Oh, you're going to see Darkness? Yeah, yeah. I also found my old uh, Arrival. On Arrival, what's the first one called? Uh, Permission to Permission Land. Permission to Land. Permission to Land. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had that since ages, but only now I really become a fan because of Dan. The Black Shark riff is like, it's like as good as any ACDC riff ever. That album is fantastic. Justin Hawkins was he was very uh, he heavily involved at least in the London version of the Taylor Hawkins tribute uh, concert. He played in quite a bit of that. He sang uh, "Hot for Teacher." Oh, that's cool. That's a cool track. That was a really that was a really cool uh, show. That was great. Oh, that yeah. was awesome. Summing up uh, Moonchild as as good as we can, and maybe. Uh, the live versions that's it that's what we yeah. haven't touched on like uh, how it's been different differing in quality or or touch it's been played on three tours i think so it's not too many right, yeah. seventh sun tour uh and then the 13 13 tour and then the summer back in time so like 09 08 perhaps even uh, flight 666 uh, is a great yeah. version of the song i think that, the drum, I love that. that's probably my favorite live version that's my favorite live of it, it is i mean made in england is a great record kind of in the same way as uh, Live After Death. Like, it's a, it's a cool time of the band and everything, but uh, Flight 666 is uh, musically superior, I think. And now, word from our sponsor. And wasn't it Davey that played the intro here, too? Seven yep. Seven ways to win. And where is this? Seven holy paths to hell San Juan. So here we go with Adrian anyway, doing the synth. That's so badass. Nice tight tone, good palm mute. Cuts like a laser.
It's got the full summer and time feel. That. Yeah. Joel from Maiden Podden claimed that this is the most evil and mean Iron Maiden song ever. And and I kind of agree. Weird enough, I also I felt the opposite when I was a kid. Like, this is corny. This is, you know, like... Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's weird how it could be that corny song for a 12-year-old, but this mean-ass tune for a 35-year-old. It's strange. It's really strange. It should have been the, the reverse, I guess. The only thing that softens it are those harmonies. You know, that stuff that's going on behind the chorus, because the yeah, chord progression's yeah. quite dark, you know? It's, like it's, it's the most black metal song in their entire catalogue, I think. The most black metal vocal is in Infinite Dreams. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was actually a pretty good one for me there. One of my better. One of my better events. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, uh, Moonchild. Uh, we mentioned Ishan before. I mentioned he was on Loudwire, like uh, favorite inspirational riffs. And he said Moonchild and this album at large was huge for him, you know, of course, uh, then going mm. on to create Emperor. Hello, this is Ishan and you're watching Loudwire. Uh, I can't exactly remember what my first riff was, but um, I know for a fact that I learned a lot from playing along to Iron Maiden records, uh, Seven Son of a Seven Son in particular. And... Um, I played a lot of uh, the opening track, Moonchild. And um, that kind of learned me, you know, bits and pieces of songwriting as well, like reusing themes and, um, you know, giving it all, have, have some co cohesion, I guess. So it starts off with uh, the intro chords, really. <laughs> And then when the chorus hits in, there's a melody line in the guitar that kind of plays that exact uh, riff on top, or the melody line. It's a very good song. And actually the guys from Loudwire wrote to, to us, and they're like uh, listeners actually, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, but they were happy anyway that I pulled that uh, Ishan thing, and I, th I feel that this album has that icy quality that could lend itself to the Norwe Norwegian black metal guys, and also their age is appropriate. Uh, they're like Ben, maybe even a little bit older. Is that possible? Yes, if that's possible. <laughs> 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 well, around there anyway. I think they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they're like they've gone beyond fifty, but uh, maybe they were very active metalheads around the time this one came out and uh, it, it seems like it's been very influential in Scandinavia at large uh, Seven Sun and you can hear it in I've noticed a lot a lot of Swedish dudes rate this as their I'm not, I mean again I haven't conducted a census but it seems to be a, a common theme among Swedes that this is the fav like their favorite record or just like the one that they just go true you know, yeah they yeah, rate super highly true. yeah it's actually true yeah my favorite record with Maiden, but mm. peace of but peace of mind is the best. Peace of mind is the best, but that but Seven Sun is my favorite. Two yeah, different yeah, things. Yeah. Two different things. 
I think I think I, I think I'm, I'm nowadays I'm 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 on your I'm Team Seven Sun. He's not here, but I'll, I'll, I'll on his behalf, I'll say I, I, I'm pretty sure I know that this one is going on the list. So I took the liberty. Yeah, it's going on the list. <laughs> yeah, it's on the list. I don't think we're going to hear it next door, but maybe whatever happens after that, we might hear it, I think. because I. But there probably won't be a hell of a lot of very much Seven Sun on the next. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try to get over to, uh, to Dublin. Come to Brazil, yeah. <laughs> What about you, Ben? Uh, are, do you have the urge to see the boys live, or is your maiden story complete without that? No, no. I'd like to. See, I mean, I I had to laugh just with them promoting this new one, and, and I don't know who said it, but someone said, and they've been waiting to hear these latest the new epics live. <laughs> I just thought, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have both camps really because we have uh, from Lap of the Pods, um, Dave Moody. He said that those three songs were among the worst music he ever heard. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but uh, Death of the Celts, The Parchment, and Hell on Earth. Yeah, he said that on record on our show. You know, it's just like it's like a classic sales trick of framing it, like saying, "Oh yeah, no, this is this is how we're going to like set the expectation." People are saying this, but they've sure. Well, like, I, I want to hear but, one yeah, of them. But but you know? if they came out, it'd be awesome. I hope they play Stranger in a Strange Land and Court Summer in Time. I think it's quite likely to get those two, and that, then it's yeah. already like, I can't miss that, you know. No. Mm. It's almost two minutes to midnight in Melbourne. Yes. Let's pull out the rotation. Maybe start with Ben then. Yeah. The prodigal son, you know. <laughs> or the prodigal dad, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, um... I have to say, this is like, I mean, I saw him about it, well, it must have been a month ago now, but what I've been listening to, and my kids won't listen, let me listen to anything else in the car at the moment, is the last heat record, it's called Force Majeure, mm, right. a three and a five year old, and they, will only li- li- they only want me to listen to Kenny Heat, not Eric, they say not Eric, just listen okay. to Kenny, okay. but one particular song, is a song called Hollywood. Unbelievable! This is as this it's as, as good as that melodic rock gets now. It's amazing. Oh! I want to see Bruce Dickinson now? What he would look like? Kenny the singer. He's exactly Bruce Dickinson, 1992. It's unbelievable. Now you're above just everyone. You are the sun. We spin around. Here a million falling angels crashing down. We can't be understood. Cause we live as we learn from Hollywood. I grew up in the same area, so when I was 
12 or 13, I was in the youth, you know, the fritidsgård. What is that in English, Eric? Oh, youth center. Youth center. And and he was there, and he was playing acoustic guitar and singing Hello Be The Name. And I think that was one of my first, like, awestruck moments in the same room with a musician. Like, yeah. can you do that? What? And then he actually sounds like <laughs> yeah, Bruce Dickinson, you know. Not as much as that yeah. uh, Rafael Mendes dude. Yeah. But then again, he looks more like Bruce Dickinson on top of it. He's so. got, he's, he looks, he sounds a lot like Joey Tempest from Europe. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. you can tell he's a massive influence. And um, they were here like four weeks ago. Mm. So I saw him at. at oh, like, yeah. You sent um, me like a clip, I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Just awesome. Eric, what's been up? I started to listen even more to the latest Bloodbath. I think it's the best thing they've done with. Um, with Nick Holmes uh, so far, I'm, I'm always going to be more of a Michael Kerfeld uh, guy. Uh, I think he is better at what he did at that, but he doesn't, you know. But uh, I think the, I think they're sort of finding their, they're kind of sort of finding their own here with. Him. That's me. And you, sir. Alice in Chains. A lot of Alice nice. in Chains lately. Like uh, overall getting into, lately getting into more basic stuff I've mentioned before. Uh, like I have that period when I feel like raw energy is, is superior to uh, cerebral uh, activity type music. So uh, Alice in Chains kind of work well there because they are like very musically proficient, but they maintain a like riff energy. Type and feel. the rawness. Actually, mostly, mostly the first one, facelift. Is. That's a good one. <laughs> the first, the first three songs, the first four really, and that, oh, man in a box, we die young, see a sorrow, like are you fucking yeah. kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Well, that's my favorite Fuck. album by Hellas and Shane. So, facelift is the best one, and the bleeder freak is probably mm. the track because that's like, I find that such a cool track. It has that kind of, it kind of. Crawls in. Grunge's Bon Scott, he was. Yeah, he was great. I, I think I think it's like there's like their magic there's something very magical that you that that occurs when those two guys because their their voices are very different from each other but blend well so to, so great. Like on like on uh like on Bleed the Freak is this you can well, they're, they're amazing. amazing singers, both of them. And, both of them, and yeah. Lane Staley I always liked because he was as you know as trashed or as uh, broken as the other frontmen, but he never came off to me like self-pitying or like no. making something out of it. He was just a broken guy, but he was still rocking out. You know, he wasn't so much about, hey, look at me, I'm so sad. Uh, but you know, that could be a, a long discussion in itself. But I just, for me, like what I receive when I listen to him, it's still like, it's not like reveling in sadness. It's like reveling in power. And, and like mm. output and uh, I don't know it's, it's just, uh, love that guy you know and they did they did great with uh, Duval as well so Jerry Cantrell mm. is uh, one of my more uh, one of the most inspirational guitarists as well for me like yeah, uh, with, yeah, right. together with like Malcolm, Malcolm Young and huge guitar tone simple like he's like he's kind of somewhat almost like Malcolm Young meets 
Tony Iommi, like almost, mm. you know, like in a bit of that. A little you know, bit of that Adrian also, you know. Yeah. It could be melodic, yeah. He's got yeah. melody in there. Yeah, yeah no, nah, he's awesome. Yeah. And that, that facelift record, those first four songs, you just yeah. go. I completely agree with you. Untouchable. So they've been reigning supreme. A bit of clutch as well. X-ray visions is a great song that I kind of that's great. You know, great album I didn't too. listen to back in my initial clutch phase, and that that record at large is called uh, Psychic Warfare. a bit to the new one uh, Slaughter Beach something something pretty good and on the drums Gemini on bass guitar presenting Pisces on lead guitar we have Aries and on the microphone Scorpio You know, mentioning them after Alice in Chains, of course, is more of a parenthesis. Alice in Chains has been it. You know, that's been Origo for me lately. Mm. Like, I start listening to that, and then I feel which way I want to turn from there. That's it. All right. Two episodes in the can, boys. <laughs> Very well done, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. And it's two minutes to midnight. It is. It's, it's 11.57. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're closing it off at two minutes to midnight Australia time. That feels appropriate i'll just uh well let's let's do that so we can just for the sake of having done that then right so up the irons and scroll from the north and (laughs) (laughs) cheers from australia i'm gonna stop it on bar 7000